If you don't have Israel My Glory coming into your home, I encourage you to take advantage of our free gift subscription offer. It's available to anyone that's never subscribed. You'll get a full year at no cost, six issues of Israel My Glory. Contact us at foiradio.org to get your free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory magazine. Again, that's foiradio.org. This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. Have you ever felt the stirring in your spirit from God? Well, today we're going to look at how God was working in the lives of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and the Israelites to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And we'll also look at how God is maybe stirring in you today. Ellie Berman joins us as well. Spokesman for the One Israel Fund is going to share about how the organization is helping to rebuild and revitalize Judea and Samaria today, and then apples of gold. Now, I just recently heard that President Trump's first budget proposal is full of cost cuts in many agencies like the EPA and the Labor Department and even in the State Department. Yet one budget that wasn't slashed at all was America's financial commitment to Israel's security. The Trump administration's budget maintains a $3.1 billion assistance to security. And this is good news for Israel. But other countries that are familiar with receiving financial assistance from the United States may see a major cut in what they receive. I believe this was a good move for President Trump. You know, Israel is our greatest ally in the Middle East, and we receive vital intelligence from that region and military defense technology from them as well. So the money that we give to Israel is well spent. Also, let me remind you that God says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 concerning Israel, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And this is just one great way we are following God's word to bless his chosen people. I was spending some time in the book of Ezra, which is really a transitional book in the Bible and transitional in Israel's history, when God was working to send those Jewish people who were exiled and sent away by the Babylonians back to their homeland, Israel. And as I started reading through the book, there was one word that stuck out to me right away. And it's seen in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1, and then appears again a few verses later in Ezra chapter 1, verse 5. And it's the word stirred. So just just listen to what Ezra has to say here in Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that's in Jerusalem. And then rose up the heads of the fathers of the house of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem." 
In this amazing passage, God is working to bring the Jewish people back to their homeland to rebuild, to rebuild Jerusalem and to rebuild the Jewish temple. So so here's what struck me, that word stir. It's used twice, as I mentioned. The first time the word is used, it's speaking of the pagan Persian king Cyrus. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, it says. And I I just love that, that the Lord was moving in the leader of the largest empire of the world at that time to accomplish his will. God was giving Cyrus a passion to let the Jewish people go home to their homeland to rebuild. We actually have archaeological proof that Cyrus, the king of Persia, did send the Jewish people home. It's a cylinder stone with writing on it called the Cyrus Cylinder. It's fitting because it's from King Cyrus. And it chronicles how Cyrus's edict to let all of the people, all of the displaced people, including the Jews, return home from their exile. This was Cyrus's immigration plan. So, so this, this mention that we see in Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it's not just seen in the Bible, but God preserved this ancient cylinder, this archaeological cylinder, to show us this evidence is historically accurate. The biblical account, however, shows us this amazing thing. It was God behind it all. What Cyrus didn't realize was he was a part of a bigger mission God had in mind for the spiritual well-being of everyone. Listen, what God did with Cyrus impacts your spiritual life today. And for Cyrus, I'm sure he thought what he was doing was for the benefit of his kingdom, But little did he realize that his little pea-sized vision of his plan to return to exiles of many people back to their land would become the catalyst. Here it is, everybody. The catalyst to bring the Jewish people back to the land so that years later, hundreds of years later, Jesus could fulfill the prophecy to be born in Bethlehem and to minister to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. God was using a pagan king to make sure his people were in the land awaiting the coming of Jesus the Messiah. God gives us passions and desires to move us in a direction he wants us to go. You know, in a world of millions of choices and options, God stirs our heart to help us choose which path he wants us to go on for his glory and his mission, not our own. When we see how God used Cyrus for something bigger than Cyrus's original plan, it helps us see that we are but a small part in a big plan leading up to Christ's return. God, in a non-audible voice, moves in the lives of believers and unbelievers to stir our spirits to act according to his will. I was recently with Steve Herzig, who's a Jewish believer in Jesus and the director of North American Ministries here at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And Steve and I were chatting about how God stirs in people's lives to give them their divine purpose and to satisfy God's big plan, his big mission. And, you know, Steve was recalling how after he had placed his faith in Christ, He was volunteering for the Friends of Israel, and one day God stirred in the heart of a woman whose husband was ministering with the ministry at that time to ask Steve, do you think you would ever want to do ministry like what my husband does full-time, Jewish ministry? And at first Steve said, no, I could could never be like your husband. 
But as time went on, God took what that woman said and he, God started to stir in the heart of Steve. And eventually, Steve would yield to God's call to go into gospel ministry, full-time gospel ministry, and get trained and eventually come on with the friends of Israel. And, and what's so cool to think about in, in my own personal life is that eventually Steve, Steve Herzig, would, would be stirred by God to ask me if I wanted to go into Jewish ministry full-time. And I'm here today on the radio speaking to you because Steve responded to God's stirring. This is a real way, my friends, that the Lord works to move us to fulfill his mission. God, in a non-audible voice, moves in the lives of believers and unbelievers to stir in our spirits to act according to his will. The next time the, uh, the Lord uses this word stir is just a few verses later in chapter 1, verse 5. And God was stirring in the life of the Israelites to step out in faith, to leave Persia and to rebuild Jerusalem. Listen to this. It says this in Ezra chapter one, verse five, then rose up the heads of the father's houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that's in Jerusalem. You know, it really took a step of faith for these Israelites to go back. You know, living in Persia at that time wasn't a prison for Jewish people. In just 70 years time, the Jewish people built for themselves a very successful community in Persia. It was comfortable living there for them. So going back to the ruins of Jerusalem meant stepping out in faith to go. And as Steve and I were finishing up our conversation about stirring, I was asking him, hey, you know, Steve, what would you say to somebody who, who might be feeling God stirring in their heart? And his was a word that really, really touched me. He said, you know what, Chris, I would tell them to go. Go like Ezra. Go like Nehemiah. Go like Zerubbabel. Go like Abraham back in Genesis, who even in his old age stepped out in faith, following that stirring that God put in his heart to go. And here's the thing that's amazing is that word stir, that Hebrew word, is actually connected to the word to awaken. You know, when the psalmist says, awake my soul, he's actually saying, Lord, wake up that heaviness in me. Everything that's in me, wake me up to what you're doing that I might praise your name and fulfill the mission that you have for me. That You have a big plan, God, but where do I fit in your plan to accomplish your will? Wake me up, God. Awake my soul to yield to how you are motivating me to move in a path that you have set before me. Friends, if you were touched by the story of Steve Herzig and how God was moving and stirring in his life, I wanna encourage you to go to foiradio.org and there you can download his testimony online. Here at the Friends of Israel, we take God at his word when we read in Genesis 12:3, speaking of Israel, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And that's why we started the Israel Relief Fund, 
Generous gifts through this fund have saved lives all over the country of Israel. Many bomb shelters have been provided in Israel's dangerous areas. Men and women who are trapped in lives of drug addiction and prostitution have found freedom in God. And young lives are being saved from abortion by supporting single mothers. When you give to the Israel Relief Fund, know that 100% of your support goes to Israel and helps to save lives both physically and spiritually. When you donate, you are being a true friend of Israel. Visit foiradio.org to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. We were just talking about uh, how God was stirring in the life of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and stirring in the lives of the Israelites to, 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 to encourage them to go home to Israel, to Jerusalem, and to rebuild. And that's why I'm excited today to have Ellie Berman. He's a lawyer in the Maryland area, but he's also a spokesman for a program called the One Israel Fund. And I'm going to let him talk a little bit about it. But Ellie, great to have you on the program, my friend. Uh, Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it for you having us. Hey, Ellie, the first time I met you was a few weeks ago at a One Israel Fund fundraiser. And I thought to myself, Ellie never stops. Not only is he a lawyer, but he's a spokesman. He's traveling all around. He goes to Israel. He leads uh, trips to Israel with One Israel Fund. You never stop, do you, Ellie? Well, uh, I'm trying. Look, uh, it's, uh, it's a job for very few. Very few want to undertake uh, a mission that uh, goes against the the well-accepted principles and paradigms, and uh, and uh, it takes very few dedicated individuals to really go against the uh, the flow uh, to make things right. You are a spokesman for One Israel Fund. Can you share with us a little bit about One Israel Fund? Okay, so uh, uh, I am a self-appointed spokesman. It's, it's a volunteering position. I uh, I don't really have a function within the organization, but I'm very passionate uh, on an individual level uh, for the cause uh, for which One Israel Fund functions as a tool. And the cause is the resettling of the biblical heartlands uh, of the Jewish people, and that is the area that is known as Yehudah Shamron or Judea and Samaria. And One Israel Fund is an organization that was created in 1994 to provide assistance to people settling the land. And One Israel Fund is specifically focusing on this area, helping the uh, Israelis in the area of Judea and Samaria. And what are some things that they're doing, Ellie? So uh, One Israel Fund was created for the sole purpose of filling the gap between... uh, uh, the assistance that worldwide Jewish community provides to Jews in the area of pre-1967 borders, and very few dollars go towards Jews settling the area of Judea and Samaria. And that's the purpose of One Israel Fund, to fill that gap. Uh, there are needs, uh, by the way, there are almost 450,000 people residing presently in the area north of and south of Jerusalem. The north is known as Shamron or Samaria. Uh, Judea or Yehuda is the area south of Jerusalem. So uh, about 450,000 people residing in those areas, and One Israel Fund is providing assistance ranging from medical, educational, 
security, communication, etc., etc. Now, to give my listeners an idea of how broad One Israel Fund is, he, he talked about health and, and, and medical care, but you guys aren't just, you know, helping individuals out. You're actually right now building an entire hospital, the Benjamin Medical Center. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and why, it's, why its placement is important? Uh, the, um, there is a region immediately north of Jerusalem which stretches from uh, from west to east to the Jordanian border on the east to uh, almost the airport, Ben-Gurion Airport on the west, and it stretches north to the Samaritan Mountain and abuts the area of Jerusalem. It's the largest uh, regional center, not only in the area, but the entire Israel. It, it consists of about, uh, it has a population of about 65,000 people, it's a large area, lots of people living there. There was no medical facility at all in the area. There's one Highway 60 that leads uh, to Jerusalem and creates a bottleneck. The area is infestated with terrorist activity, and there were instances of people bleeding to death because they were unable to make it to the medical center in Jerusalem. So there is a real need to create a large medical facility to create... Uh, the safety, uh, the normalcy for an area that uh, has such a large population. It also will bring more people to settle in the area, which is crucial because it's an artery um, for the entire region. Yeah, and Benjamin Medical Center is not only going to be helping the Israelis that are in the area of Judea and Samaria, but you're also saying that the the hospital is also going to be helping the the Arab community, the Muslim Arab community as well in that area. Is that true? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 not well publicized, but whenever Jews create facilities, the Arabs are immediately getting services that they are lacking because their own uh, government, which a lot of people don't realize, for the most part, they're self-governed. And, and most Arabs are being serviced by other Arabs. Uh, I mean, the notion of occupation is, uh, is, 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 is created for political purposes. For a practical standpoint, most Arabs are being provided service by other Arabs. But whenever Jews created jobs and facilities and services, Arabs are never turned down. A lot of them do come uh, to receive services provided by Jews because they know they're going to get much higher uh, level of services. So just take a look at uh, the hospital in Jerusalem, Hadassah Hospital. I mean, anyone passing by would see the stream of Arabs coming in and out, and they're, they're never turned down. They're provided uh, services uh, on the same level as uh, Jewish residents. That's right. My friends, listen, if you are listening right now, I want to encourage you to go to oneisraelfund.org, and there you can find all the information about what One Israel Fund is doing in the area of Judea and Samaria. And listen, for us at the Friends of Israel, we believe that all of Israel— is, is something that God has given to the Jewish people on a biblical mandate that goes way back to Genesis, not just a sliver uh, of it, not just half of it, but the whole thing, even, as Ellie was saying earlier, the heartland of Israel, Judea and Samaria, where the where most of the biblical stories take place. Ellie, thanks a lot for being with us. Oh, my pleasure, and thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much. 
Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. Sometimes I go to the ultra-Orthodox synagogues where I have long discussions about faith. You cannot go there and immediately begin telling people about Jesus. You must have patience. When I questioned what they believe or when they start to understand in whom I believe, they usually become angry and threaten to throw me out. Recently, I met several men who attend one of the ultra-Orthodox synagogues I have visited. When our discussion turned to the Holocaust, one said, If you had gone through what we went through in those days, you would not speak as you do. I passed through all the seven halls of hell. I was jealous of those who died. I was a skeleton. The Gestapo almost beat me to death. And all this began when I was ten years old. Now they were all paying attention. We would like you to come to our great synagogue and speak about what happened to you, one said. I was shocked. Here was an opportunity to tell them about the Lord. When I arrived at the synagogue, they welcomed me warmly and listened intently to everything I said about the Holocaust. Then came the questions. What synagogue do you attend? Who is your rabbi? Which rabbi taught you to pray? I was waiting for them to ask, because if I had mentioned the Lord, they would have become angry. But because they brought up the subject, I gave them my entire testimony, explaining how I came to know Jesus Christ. Of course, I could not say Jesus Christ, but rather Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. As soon as I mentioned Yeshua, they all shouted at me, This is the biggest insolence against heaven, one yelled. But you ask me who my rabbi is and how I came to know God, I said. I read the Bible and started to know the Lord and received him as my Savior. Why? Because I read Isaiah 53, where it is written, He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. They were extremely surprised and asked many questions. They revere the rabbis so much they have practically turned them into gods, believing what the rabbis tell them instead of God's word. Whom are you following? I asked them. I believe in the living God, not as you. I follow God, not men. Then they asked how I came to such an understanding of Scripture. I told them, I do not read books written by rabbis, fictional stories made up by men. I read only what was written by the Holy Spirit of God. What he wrote is what is important, and I believe it. Is this not good enough for you? This time, they had no reply. They became friendly again, and we finished our long conversation. They were nice to me, and one told me, this is not the last time we will speak. We will see you again. I hope so.
I'd like to thank Ellie Berman for being with us today. You can learn more about him and his work at our website, foiradio.org. While there, as Chris mentioned, download a free copy of Steve Herzig's testimony. Again, you'll find that at foiradio.org. Call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Again, that's 888-343-6940. You can write to us at FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Our host and teacher is Chris Katulka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. <laughs>